you just want to go, we're just going to start like this before we actually do the intro. And, and I just say something to the extent of this podcast isn't going to make itself. Yeah, let, let's, let's do it. This podcast is going to make I already itself. started. I'm not, uh, then, then go ahead. You can actually do the normal intro now though, but all okay. of this is going to go in the show. Welcome to episode 50, the midlife crisis episode of T-Pop the Pod. I am Kevin Cray. And I'm Steve DiMaselli. Man, uh, it's been pretty cold outside in Pittsburgh this week to basically be a metaphor for the cold stove that is going on with the Pirates. Uh, But... The crazy thing is, you know, everyone gets always antsy. This happens, like, as soon as the bats are put away from the World Series, everyone's like, are the Pirates going to make a move? What are the Pirates going to do? What are the Pirates going to do? And then if some some other team just signs some scrub off the waiver wire, it's, oh, man, wake up, Ben Charrington, and then, God forbid, a division rival actually does something. And I'm not saying I kind of wish the Pirates made some moves, but... There hasn't been a guy that's been signed so far that I'm like, ooh, boy, I wish the Pirates made that trade or made that signing. But yeah, there's a whole bunch of angst among Pirates fans right now. The Pirates are not making moves. What are your what are your general thoughts on the state of play right now? My my main thought is is I hate it when you and I disagree or when we agree so completely because it really doesn't make for a very interesting episode. But uh, <laughs> I I saw a tweet that you just excuse me an X or whatever the F they're called now. Um, no, it's a tweet. Uh, I will I will die on that. Hill. It's still a tweet. It's a it's always a tweet. It's it doesn't matter tweet. what it doesn't matter what welfare queen Elon Musk has, uh, has decided <laughs> that it's called now. Um, with his so, fur coat, bomber jacket, what a what a jack off, anti semitism, you know. Yeah. But anyway, um, God, I hate what it was here. the question? I just I just went off on a little rant. I signed up for Blue Sky today, by the way. I, I mean, to well, really good. take this off the rails, but I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm fighting it, fighting the man. I think we were talking about the tweet. That I just oh, put oh, out. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, we, we, we're just, we're too in line. Like, it just does not make for an interesting podcast. You know, crapping on Elon, evidently, that, that makes for an interesting podcast. But, uh, yeah. and, and we can do that. We can keep doing that. We'll just, you know, but that's, hope he that's doesn't like... sue us for defamation or something. So anyway, um, no, I, uh, I, I you know, we're going to get into the meat of it in the show, but I, I generally am on the same page as you in the sense that I don't think that the, um, I, I don't think that, you know, the the rest of the division has done anything all that significant to this point. Uh, I just, I do agree. It's, it's not just, the, the thing that people need to keep in mind, it's not just the pirates that are cold right now. It's literally everybody. Like, this seems like the slowest ML. Like, MLB off-seasons are slower than every other sport. But this one seems even slower uh, for some uh, some reason. I don't know what it is necessarily, uh, you know. So, But we should probably talk about food, right? Sure. Yeah, let's do it. We should do. I mean, we're 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 really we're, we're we've done fifty of these. We're really messing with the format at this point. We're talking about show stuff, not doing the intro topic. Hey, whatever you know. Yeah. Freedom. 
this is a this is kind of like a freewheeling rundown this week, you know. All right. We're just like the pirates. We're just out here and winging it, hoping stuff happens. Yeah. So, uh, where'd you eat last week? Uh, New York. Whoa. Yeah, oh. went to uh, went into town for a couple of days. Uh, my family that lives in the eastern part of the state. So before Thanksgiving, uh, I went in for a concert with a buddy of mine from high school. Then my wife popped in the next day, uh, and uh, we. Um, so he, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a controversial statement here. Um, <laughs> New York pizza is overrated. So Uh-oh. my wife and I genuinely went into Sunday afternoon trying to eat some some New York pizza and just really like give it a go, like go to some higher rated places than maybe we're used to going to uh, when we go into New York. Because I, I just I mean, anytime that I've had pizza before, it's just like I'm just grabbing a random slice somewhere. And, you know, according to the average New Yorker, that should just be a godly experience. Like anywhere that you go should just be incredible. And I just don't think that that's that's true so we actually went to some of the places that are highly rated and i think the pizza is good i don't think it's the end-all be-all as is described by folks that are from there so is there a definitive pizza town in the u.s because i will take a similar overrated tract and i cannot stand chicago deep dish pizza uh, so See, I do like, I do like deep dish. I think it's pretty mm. great. Um, mm. and I mean, I don't, I can't eat it all the time though. Like it's one of those things. It's like when you're passing through Chicago every, you know, three years, you know, it's, it's something that's great to eat, you know, um, or when you're just stopping in the town. I mean, that's. I don't think I've actually been to I think if you look at my averages of the last 12 years, but I've been through Chicago like three times in the last like four. But um, I don't think it's necessarily I think it's if you have multiple meals in Chicago, I don't think it's a bad thing to grab. I think it's just fun to get while you're in town. But I also don't um, if you've got one shot I don't think it necessarily needs to be the place that you eat or the thing that you get. I actually, when I'm in Chicago, my go-to has become Puerto Rican food at this point. Wow. Okay. So is there is there a definitive U.S. pizza town? I don't think so. I, I think there's good pizza everywhere. I mean, it's, yeah. it's hard to screw it up. You know, and I think anywhere that you go, you're going to find a good piece of pizza uh, it's just a matter of, it's going to be a little different, you know, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. except the North Hills. You just can't <laughs> get a good piece of pizza in the North Hills. It's just, you're screwed if you live up there. So yeah, those, those suckers. Uh, well, if we can swing it back the pendulum to baseball a little bit, the pirates actually did something, um, that most normies either don't care about or don't know about. And they made a good front office hire. Um, they hired Sarah Gellis, who just today, I believe, um, was listed as one of, if, if not the top, I don't know if they ordered it by how they ordered it in the athletic, but she was one of the 12 people, uh, cited as a front office exec to watch. And at the time of the article, she was still under the employ of the Astros, which is where, uh, the pirates plucked her from. 
she did her internship here in Pittsburgh, and then she kind of went out through the uh, through the ranks and cut her teeth with the Astros, and now she's back here and uh, to glowing reviews. So not only uh, is it a female in the front office, which I'm very much in favor of, uh, and I love 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 hate reading all the knuckle draggers say, well, if she was a man, you know, we should just be hiring based on talent, not based on gender. Well, I, I got a newsflash for you. They did, they did both. And this is, it should not be a white male sport. Um, Kim Ng just proved that you can be a very successful GM with the Marlins until she stepped down after kind of getting semi-forced out. And uh, kudos to the Pirates for hiring talent, underline the word talent, and I am a fan to see uh, what she does. I thought the most interesting part, well, one of the most interesting parts, is where she went to college. Uh, Steve, any guesses on where Sarah Gellis went to college? I mean, you're pushing it to me, so I assume she went to Duquesne. Duh. <laughs> That'd be funny. Um, no, she went oh, to... Oh, no, she wasn't. All right. She went to Amherst, uh, which... Oh, okay. ...is the college of one Mr. Neil Huntington and one Mr. Ben Charrington. So that old boys club is now an old girls club as well. And uh, I got to figure out what's in the water up there. We did a an article on TPOP, the website, about the Amherst connection and just how many people in sports come out of that tiny ass college uh to be gms of baseball and other teams and it's it's crazy the lineage that has come out of that place um so do you have any general thoughts on the the sarah gellis hire yeah i i don't think her gender factors in even slightly here again the pirates literally went out and signed what one list of journalists, you know, speaking through people in the business, thought that she was the best candidate that that could be moved this offseason. Um, I believe that was the premise of the article, at least. Um, but, you know, they, it doesn't matter. She was legitimately the best. It sounds like she's a giant data wonk, uh, which I think is something the Pirates very much need at this point. I think they've been, you know, maybe... They they were on I think they were on the 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 top of that department you know for a minute um, on the top of data for a minute and I think that they sort of lost sight of that maybe um, you know uh, and 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 I think it's you know it's just going to be nice to have somebody that's up and coming that's maybe going to look at problems and solving problems maybe a different way um, than is traditionally the case because that's that's what the pirates need to do. The pirates must find an edge. You know, they're not going to be able to outspend people, so they need to figure out how to just straight up be better. And, and I think that she's probably a candidate that's going to help them analyze uh, players and and strategies in a way that is going to allow them to get an edge like they had when they, you know, really took um shifting to the next level and 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 the rest of baseball had to catch up so i i think that she has a shot at doing that and that's what i think i'm most excited about uh, i i don't think this is 
you know, I, I think she's got a resume. She's been with some successful organizations. She probably was with, uh, I, I think based on the timeline, she was she was with Baltimore when Baltimore started to get the ball rolling in the right direction. And obviously, you know, <laughs> nobody's going to say anything about what the Astros are doing now. So um, kudos to the Pirates. They, they literally, we're going to talk about what the rest of the division did as far as signings go. But this legitimately might be the best signing that anybody has made in the division so far this offseason. So uh, before we kind of delve into what's been going around the NL Central a little bit, uh, our long national nightmare might be over? Uh, Question mark. It appears as if Thomas Hatch is heading to play for the Nippon Ham Fighters. Uh, So we were always amazed that he was still here. He was kind of like the Milton of the Pittsburgh Pirates, um, but I believe it looks like he's headed over to the land of the rising sun. Uh, any parting comments? I'm I'm disappointed. In not not because not because Thomas Hatch is is leaving. I'm tremendously excited about that. What I'm disappointed in is I figured out that it's not Nippon Ham Dash Fighters, it's Nippon Dash Ham Fighters. So I thought that the name, I thought the nickname of the club was Ham Fighters this whole time. And it's actually, the name of the town is like Nippon Dash Ham. No way. It's so disappointing. So I I just, that was so much more fun when I thought it was the other way around. Oh, I thought it was just a bunch of people pissed off at pork. I'm... This is kind of blowing my mind, too. I thought it was just fighting loins. Like, they just, you know, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows what I'm thinking? But it it is disappointing. I just thought it was a weird, like, just uh, something that got lost in translation, clearly. But it's actually just the name of a, a place. Or two places together, I guess, really. So. Um. So the the division itself, you know, kind of going through everyone, you know, gnashing teeth, rending garments, um, just to kind of go through some things. The Cubs have uh, done squad douche. They are going to be losing Cody Bellinger uh, and Marcus Stroman. So that's a net negative for them. But rumors, you know, apparently count for something and they're in on uh glass now and you know they flirted with Otani but that's not going to happen. Um the Brewers I believe it's official have signed Jackson Churio, the number 2 prospect in all of minor league baseball. But he's also a guy that has not p- played. I think he's had a cameo of 6 games above double A but really has not played above double A. Uh and that's their big move and they have uh, non-tendered Brandon Woodruff, who was a key pitcher for them because of his shoulder injury. So again, net negative. Uh, the Cardinals have signed guys. And they've signed three guys, three pitchers. And you've heard of these, these guys. These are all names you've heard of. But mm-hmm. Lance Lynn, uh, Kyle Gibson, are, are those really moving the needle in the year 2023? And Sonny Gray... You know, he's perfectly fine, but 
he sort of, that was his, like, to this point, his career year last year. And he's not exactly a model of durability. And the Reds, they saved on that Joey Votto money and reallocated it to a couple of fine players, uh, Angel Pagan and Nick Martinez. But is that moving the needle for anybody? So, I mean, like, really, what... Uh, the Pirates need to make moves, yes. But it's not like they're miles behind the, the division here. No, I, I agree with you on that. And, I mean, you know, Lance Lynn and, and Kyle Gibson are two guys that are going to... They're going to eat innings for the, the Cardinals. I mean, that's what they're brought in to do. But they're not necessarily going to provide quality of innings. I, I think I saw a graphic... Uh, a couple of weeks ago that that basically said that like three of the five you know three of the five most uh, three of the five pitchers that allowed the most hits last year are now on the cardinals right uh, i agree with you sunny gray is nothing if not inconsistent like i do i do like him a lot i think when he's on he's excellent isn't but, this his uh, fifth I mean, isn't this his fifth team yeah that's wild at this point you know um I mean, I think part of it was, you know, but it's also the first time he's hit free agency too. Um, like this is the first time he's actually hit the open market because he was under he's he was traded to the Reds and then signed like a pretty massive extension and he he basically played that out in Minnesota. Um, so he's he's had some really good years, but then I think most years he's just kind of meh and like. You know, if you get one more, you know, three and a half, four war season out of him, you know, that's great. But like for every one of those years that he's had, he's had like two that are like between one and a half and two and a half, you know. So like, uh, you know, chances are that you're going to get a good year out of him and that that might be it, you know. So I I don't really think that, I, I mean... The Cardinals basically replaced Wainwright, who was ineffective and old, with Lance Lynn, who's ineffective and old at this point, but could still eat some innings. Um, you know, they replaced um, Jordan Montgomery with Sonny Gray, which, I mean, you could make the argument as a, a, a net positive for them. I mean, I think it might have a little bit more up. I think, I think Gray has more upside, but I think Montgomery's got a higher floor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then Gibson's probably... Gibson's probably a net plus like I mean but you know he he fills out the back end of a rotation but I don't really think I, I don't think that the the Cardinals spent what is probably about a quarter of their payroll on three pitchers that really didn't move the needle much at all yeah and they had that they have a, a, a ways to make up on this division you know if we're talking about them having mm-hmm. dreams of getting back and contending for the division. I mean, they're coming from a pretty far place. Uh, yeah, and it's noteworthy that pitching is the problem. They have plenty of bats. They can hit. They can hit for – they can hit all day long. They've got a deep lineup, but they could not – you know, they, they just – the pitching was awful last year. So, I mean, you know, and then, again, they're not fixing the actual problem. I mean, it's possible they do have – um, some they do have some guys in the lineup right now that they could very easily make a major league deal with and go and trade for a guy like Dylan Cease, mm-hmm. which would definitely help. That would that would move, that might move the needle enough. 
you know, um, but, you know, they're, they're probably going to end up, I would imagine they're going to end up giving up some major league ready talent or some guys that are already on the roster to make that deal happen. So they're, you're kind of, you're, you're kind of adding and subtracting there. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I just don't really see it in the, the reds, you know, um, I, I'm, I'm blanking on the name of the starting pitcher that they signed. I like Martin. him. He's, I think that's a good sign. Martinez. Was that? Martinez. Martinez. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Um, and then, um, I think that I, I, I like the book, the Pagan signing is, is confusing to mm-hmm. me because this is a dude that allows, um, he, he's, he's, uh, you know, other than last season, he's been a very, very home runs have been a problem for him. Let's put it that way mm-hmm. <laughs> prior to this past season. Uh, or, you know, um, so, and now you're taking that guy at the ripe age of 33 and putting him in great American ballpark. I I just, it just doesn't, and you're spending $8 million on him. Like he's got upside. He's had a, he had a great year last year, but at the same time though, like, is this really the guy that you want? You know, do you want a guy that that's allowing, most years is allowing fly balls 50 to 60% of the time. Is that the guy that you want, you know, working your eighth inning if you're the Reds? Right. So, you know, let, let's play a little game here. So the, there's a bunch of teams that are kind of already putting the for sale sign out uh, around the league. And one of them, chief among them, is the White Sox. And you sort of brought up Dylan Cease and... You know, I see a lot of people really pumping the tires on this guy. Um, he is very good, but he's not the he's not the the true oh my god ace that you got to have. I mean, this is a guy who has essentially had three full years as a starter, and his inning count has ranged from one sixty five to one eighty four. He's been a very you know very consistently good 3.7 to 4.5 war so you're looking at someone who is like a low-end number one high-end number two um but his stats when you look just purely at stats are very much in line with mitch keller um especially when you just look at last year uh and that's not to say that i wouldn't do do some unspeakable things to get Dylan Cease on the Pirates. But let's play a game. Uh, what would you give up as the prime piece in a Dylan Cease deal if you were the Pirates? And if you would like, I would I would be happy to go first. Yeah, go for it. Uh, I, would, I would do anything below. You and I are kind of in the same... Well, obviously not Skeens. I mean, let's just take that out of the equation. But you and I are kind of right. the opinion that Termar is the top position player in the system. Correct. Okay, so let's set him aside for a second because I would not move him in a C-steal. But after that, go ahead. What do you guys want? I mean, I'm talking Jones, Solomedo. I'm not saying multiple ones. I'd say, you know, pick one of those two and then augment it with a medium prospect and a low level guy. Uh, 
but that that's what I'd give up for him. Um, and what are what are your general thoughts on that? Hey, this one's going to be quick, but I I think you'd have to give up Johnson. I I don't I I don't see a deal that works without giving him up. It feels like a, a little bit too much to give up Johnson. Now I would I would give up Johnson in some other some other deals. I mean he's he's not an untouchable for me. Sure. The, the only true untouchable is Skeens. Um but Cease, you know, you're looking at this you're looking at 2 years of control. Sure. You know, it's not a guy dripping with three three or four years. You're you're talking two years. Um I I don't know if I could do it for Tamar. But if you yeah. if you said if you said a Jones, Nick Gonzalez insert low level guy package, I would a hundred percent be on, on, on board with that. Oh, I'd be on board with that too, but I just don't think that's what would work for the White Sox. I just think it's going to take more than that. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I like Jones. I think Jones is a really, really good prospect. Um, I, I think that, you know, Nick Gonzalez could have something untapped in, in to somebody that's a little bit more patient with them than maybe the Pirates on the verge of, of contending can be, especially with the depth that they have at second base. But I just, um, I just don't think it's enough. I, I think, I, I mean, a, a deal with, I, I, I think it would probably be Termar and that lower level guy that you're talking about as just sort of a, 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 almost like a throw-in, like a slightly more value than a throw-in, like somebody sort of maybe in the back, back end of the top 30 prospects. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's probably what a deal would look like. I, I hate to say it, I don't really want to do that myself either, but I, I just think that's what it would take. You know, there's, you know, he's cost controlled um, and, and there's, there's going to be, there's going to be a market for him. You know, this, you know, it's not like the pirates would be the only team that's interested. Of course. Yeah. And if it got to that point and they had to do Johnson and something else, I, I'd be fine with that. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I just, you know, that, that's definitely the hot name that's out there right now. Um. Aside from Juan Soto, who everyone's convinced is going to get get traded, but you know clearly the Pirates are not going to be in on that one. But yeah, it's it's going to be a very interesting winter meeting, and that's when the trade market usually heats up is uh, a, a day or two before, and then obviously the winter meetings, and then you know there's a lot of discussion that goes on at those winter meetings, and there's some moves after that. So that's when I really think the action's going to happen for the Pirates offseason. Yeah, I, I think that um, I, I kind of agree with you on that. Um, I mean, obviously, something's going to happen at some point. But again, I, I, I said it sort of at the top of the show, but, you know, the Pirates are not the only teams taking it slow this offseason. Like, we literally went through three teams in the division or you know, or all four, t- or all five teams in the division, and three of them have done diddly at this point, you know. Um, and really, the Reds only did stuff in the last twenty four hours from when we're recording this. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, it's it's just a slow starting off season. Um, 
Now, I mean, as far as why, you know, you, you if if the pirates are exploring that sort of trade angle, I agree with you 100%. If that's what they're sort of leaning on as, as far as what their plan is to build this offseason, um, then sure, that might have something to do with it. It, it could be... Um, could be something to do with, uh, you know, a new certain someone that they brought into the front office. You know, maybe they're working on getting Gellis on board. You know, maybe this this move's been in the works for some time. You know, and they want to get her up and running before you know they 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 do much of anything too. Um, it could be that they're just really backed up by this Thomas Hatch deal, you know, and until that gets done, nothing else can happen. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, I mean, I think that's a possibility as well too, yep. but Oc- Occam's um, razor, you know, and, yes. and, and, and honestly, and, and the pirates could also just be the pirates here too, in the sense that they're just waiting for somebody to get tired of being a free agent and say, all right, fine, I'll take 3 million less than, you know, what I was planning on getting or, mm-hmm. or, you know, really weeding their way. Um, through the dumpster dive, you know, and, and, and having people actually be ready to, to, to accept their low ball offer. You know, it could be that too. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's hard to speculate, but again, the pirates, the reality of it is, is the pirates aren't alone in their, you know, just absolute, like slow sloth, like, you know, approach to this off season. So, we sit, we're recording this on the last day of November. Uh, we typically, to kind of peel the curtain back, we typically um, record these on either Wednesday or Thursday. So my question for you is, when we record this next week, it'll theoretically be, uh, let's say it's the Wednesday, so that'll be kind of like in the heart of of the, um, oh, excuse me, it'll be at the end of the, no, at the heart, yeah. We'll be recording this on the, let me get my math here. You'll have to edit this out. Uh, I won't. No editing <laughs> this week. Keeping it all in. It's all gems. When we record this, it'll be on the last day of the winter meetings. On the 6th. Okay. That is correct. Yes, Kevin. Very good using calendars. Good job. Yeah, I I got there eventually. So I want you to make a prediction as we record this on the last day of the 6th of the winter meetings. What will the Pirates have done? So at this point, there's probably... There's at least three starting pitchers that need to be signed. I, I think that they'll mm-hmm. figure out what they're going to do with one of those starting pitching slots, but that's it. Okay. I'm going to up you on that. I'm going to say they're going to come out of it with two pitchers, whether it, I, I think it's going to be through trades. Um, and I think they're going to announce the Kutch deal. So, hmm. so there. Interesting. Yeah, they have plenty of roster space at this point. I don't know what they're necessarily waiting for with the Kutch deal, but um, yeah, I, that could be that. That's an interesting. That's an interesting possibility for for a second move. I I think. Um, I just think it's it's so it, you know again this this off season's been so slow developing at this point. It's just 
it would be hard for me to imagine that we would have that much stuff to talk about in one podcast after struggling for the last month and a half to find anything. Like, I just, I think they're going to throw you and I a bone next week, but I don't, I just don't think that they're going to, they can't possibly throw us two bones. They can't make us put all of the content in one episode, right? Oh, they're going to do it. And then we're going to have to like stretch it out over like the next month. Yeah. I'm going to do all of their business in one week. We're going to have this like super pack. Well, maybe we could do like a two-parter or something like that. All right. Here's another one for you. Are they going to make uh, a, sl- a selection in the Major League Rule 5 draft? Um, I don't know. I hope not. Yes. But I mean, they have so much roster space, so I think it's I think it's very plausible that they go out and maybe maybe they get that first baseman from the Marlins, that Johnston dude. Right. Um. I mean, that, that feels like that feels like the kind of move that they could be making this off season, You know, with nothing having happened. Yep. Um. I think it'd be like he he did so well, like last year in AAA. Like I, I think the guy deserves a shot somewhere to like you know. Let teams see what he can do, and and he's got a nice platoon partner in Connor Joe uh, mm-hmm. that could help you know ease him into that situation. Um, so I, I mean I could see them picking him. I I don't I have not looked that much in depth into what's available, um, but I mean with so many roster spaces open, I almost feel like it almost seems like a foregone conclusion that they're going to grab somebody. I would think. I don't want them to, but I feel like they will. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of on the Johnston robust train myself. Like if they have him, I could definitely see them taking him. I'm not I'm not really pro rule five as everybody knows. Um but I can also see the pirates signing a, a regular type free agent or, or trade, however it goes, but in Garrett Cooper. Um who also played for the Marlins yeah. last year? He just yeah. he screams pirates. Uh, first the guy baseman that had me. him blocked. <laughs> That's right. The guy yeah. that was blocking him. Yes. Yeah. So um, I, I do think if they pick Johnston, though, you you can't look at it as like a grab and stash. Like this is a grab yeah. and play guy. Like That's he, right. he's he's a plug in and and he's really the kind of player that the Rule Five draft should exist for, but it just hasn't because it's just practically been used for other stuff, you know, like this is why he's the kind of guy that, that should, a guy that can, that's blocked, that can have an impact. That's, that's the guy that should be selected in a rule five draft. So the winter meetings are being held in Nashville, fun city, uh, but they're being held at the Gaylord Opperland hotel, which is about a 25 minute drive outside of Nashville. So that sort of sucks. Um, but they do have a boat ride through the, uh, lobby of the hotel so i'm going to spend my time thinking that ben Sherrington is going to make a trade uh while riding the boat through the lobby of the hotel and that's how i'm going to choose to think that he's going to secure a starting pitcher for the pirates i'm going to assume it's over coke they're just going to have it's just going to be Whoa. just a giant blow party that's yeah what, i mean that's i figure that's what most of the I think it's how most business goes down. Like, wow, blow parties. Hey, you ever hear that story about how Jim Bowden, when he was a GM, was trying to avoid someone at a winter meeting? Yeah, he and hiding he, in the bushes. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, I believe and he, it's come up on the show already, Grandpa. 
happy retelling stories. Oh no! We've only done fifty episodes. You can't go. You can't rehash stories within the first fifty episodes. Oh shit! Okay. Well, that sucks. Well, this is probably a good time to leave. So. It's a good story. Yeah, it is. It's sure. such a good story. <sighs> I also like to think he was probably taking a crap and got caught, but you know, whatever. We've all been there. Okay. Uh, until next week uh, at the winter meetings, I am Kevin Cray, and I'm Steve Dimaselli. Thanks.